Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is 7 News with Sally Bowery. Good morning. We begin with major breaking news this morning. Raids happening right now as the security agency ASIO searches the home of a New South Wales Labor MP. Let's go straight to our political editor Mark Riley in Canberra. Mark, what does this all relate to? Well, Sally, intelligence sources tell me this is the result of a joint operation by the Counter Foreign Interference Task Force, that's the AFP and ASIO, into suspected Chinese government interference into the Australian political system. Those AFP investigators raided the home of New South Wales Labor Upper House MP Shaquette Mosselman in the Sydney suburb of Rockdale this morning. It's Mr Mosselman sitting in that car, searching his home and three vehicles parked there before he left with that man we believe to be his lawyer. Mr Mosselman has been an outspoken and controversial supporter of China, including praising President Xi Jinping's response to the original outbreak of the coronavirus. He's also called for a new world order to allow China to reach its potential, a very forceful statement for an Australian Labor Party MP to make. Labor, though, this morning has just announced that his membership of the party has been suspended. Here's New South Wales opposition leader Jody Mackay just a few minutes ago. It's dreadfully concerning. It's, it's terrible. He will no longer sit in the caucus. Uh, he will no longer uh, be uh, a Labor Party member. His, uh, his membership is being suspended as we speak. Although I understand that Mr Mosselman has not been charged with any offence and investigations are ongoing, ASIO has just released a statement confirming the raids and emphasising in its words that there is no threat to, no specific threat to the community. Mr Mosselman was forced to stand down as Assistant President of the New South Wales Legislative Council in April over his pro-China speeches and stripped of his $57,000 plus allowance but has remained in the state's upper house until being um, there, uh, stood down as a Labor Party member this morning. His declarations show he's taken nine trips to China since 2009 with some transport and hospitality costs met by the Chinese government on one trip delivering a speech criticising Australia's tough foreign interference laws. Now, I was at a speech earlier this year where the head of ASIO, Mike Burgess, warned that the organisation was prepared to name and shame foreign actors if they were exposed as interfering in the Australian political system. These raids are ongoing, of course. Intelligence sources tell me they've been working on this for some time. It's no fishing expedition, in their words, but the investigation may take some weeks to complete. Sally? OK, thank you very much. Mark Riley there with that breaking news this morning. 
to other news now and for the first time ever Australia will host a major football tournament the Women's World Cup coming to Australia and New Zealand in 2023. Players are ecstatic and organisers too. Now the work begins to deliver a tournament to remember. Almost two years in the making it was the moment Australian football had been waiting for. Which will be Australia. The 2023 Women's World Cup officially on its way to Australia and New Zealand. Oh, I can't even begin to explain it. There was so much anticipation and we just erupted as soon as, um, as, soon as they called Australia and New Zealand. The wave of excitement going all the way to London. We did it! Come on! Captain and superstar Sam Kerr head over heels with the announcement and ready to wow crowds with her skill and brilliant talent as one of the world's best. In New Zealand, excitement too. <laughs> Our bid was the favourite and we beat Colombia in the vote 22 to 13. For the first time, uh, FIFA goes uh, uh, in this part of the world to host a major competition. This is a historical day for Australian football. I hope everyone remembers it. The tournament is set to be held across 12 cities in Australia and New Zealand, every state hosting matches, with the final to be played at Sydney's ANZ Stadium. There's going to be over a billion people, and there's only 7 billion people in the world, and they're going to be watching football being played on our shores. It's going to be magnificent. And Jim Wilson joins us now. Jim, firstly, what does this mean for the game? Oh, it's huge. I mean, we're going through really difficult and challenging times, Sal, and I think it, it lifts the nation's spirit and uh, certainly well done to the FFA and for everyone involved in this bid. It's, this is big. I mean, we do events so well. We've showed that. I mean, it shades this morning. Forget social distancing, by the way. They've been in. Well, who cares? Um, it, it, you know, we do events so well and it had shades this morning of when Juan Antonio Samaranch announced Sydney yep. uh, for, well, Sydney, uh, for the winning Olympic bid in 2000. <laughs> we showed with the Melbourne Commonwealth Games in 2006, Expo in Brisbane in the late 80s. We do nail a big event. This is huge for the game and huge for women's sport in this country. And the good news story we certainly need yeah. at the moment. The big question is, can we win it? Oh, gee. You know, home ground advantage is a big thing. There's no doubts about that. The only one nation or host nation has ever won the Women's World Cup, and that was the USA in 1999. The USA, the two-time defending champions, they'll go in as favourites, throw in France, Germany, the Netherlands. It's the World Cup. But you know what? We're there. And it is a huge, huge coup for women's sport and for the code in this country. Yeah, Bring it on. It is. OK, <laughs> thanks for that, Jim. Okay. To other news now, and hundreds of healthcare workers in Melbourne are this morning blitzing the city's coronavirus hotspots, aiming to test 10,000 people a day for the next 10 days. Christy Mayer is on the story for us this morning. Christy, a huge task in front of them. Has there been an update on the case numbers? Sally, this is no doubt an enormous task for the state of Victoria and we are waiting to hear right now what the case numbers are for today. We understand there is a presser with the state government that is just getting underway now so we should have those updated numbers shortly but of course we do know 33 new cases in Victoria yesterday. That is the biggest spike in the past three months and our health authorities down here are under no illusions that the next 10 days will prove crucial to really get on top of this crisis. Now of course we know about the testing blitz. This is a 10-day plan that has just gotten underway. 100,000 tests is the aim across 10 days, across 10 hotspot suburbs. These are the suburbs with the highest rate of community infections. That blitz started yesterday in Broadmeadows and Keelor Downs and will be rolled out over the next eight days over the remaining eight suburbs. 
Again, health authorities have warned that we are expecting those numbers to rise purely based on the intensity of the testing that is underway. Across the whole state of Victoria, authorities are testing something like 25,000 people a day. So we are expecting numbers to go up. Now, the big question for the Victorian government today is, of course, its decision to backflip on enlisting the help of the Australian Defence Force. 1,000 troops had been requested by the Premier, Daniel Andrews, to come down and assist with the outbreak of this crisis. But a back flip late last night with most of those troops being turned back and now Victoria will only have around about 150 troops here on the ground. So many Victorians are quite curious as to, to what has prompted that change uh, in decision. One reason may be that Victoria Police and PSOs may be playing a greater role at this stage, Sally. More questions than answers. Hopefully mm. we'll have some more answers throughout the day. OK, thanks for that, Christy. Passers-by have stumbled across a dead body in a car park near a primary school in Melbourne this morning. Police are swarming the area, interviewing homeowners nearby. Tegan Dolling is at the scene. Well, the man's body was found early this morning by a passerby at around a quarter past seven. It was actually found uh, in a car park in a reserve in Cranbourne, which is in Melbourne's southeast. Locals say it's a busy parkland. During the day, people are walking through there with dogs, but at night, it's very dark and secluded. What's so concerning is that it was right next to a primary school and in full view of the schoolyard and playground. It's not known if any children witnessed the body lying there. It was found obviously quite early, but we've been told that there is before school care here at this school, which has actually obviously been closed down for the day. The kids have been turned away and sent home. Very shocked because it's a very quiet area and um, my children went to the primary school and to see like that, that's just, that's awful. And especially for the person that found them. Mystery surrounds the cause of this man's death. The homicide squad was called in uh, early this morning and they are taking the lead of this investigation. And a short time ago, the forensics arrived on scene. They will work together to determine how this man died and if he was in fact murdered and dumped here. A nurse has been charged, accused of trying to murder an elderly patient on a ward at a Western Sydney hospital. Tom Saker has the details. Good morning. 50-year-old registered nurse Tim Owen is currently in police custody, charged with intent to murder after allegedly trying to suffocate an 81-year-old patient here at Bankstown Lidcombe Hospital yesterday. Owen was on Wednesday and Thursday night shift when police say he held down a pillow on the man's face before another staff member at the hospital intervened and managed to stop it. The elderly patient suffered a cut to his arm in the process and is currently being monitored. Police arrested Owen yesterday afternoon when the nurse returned to hospital and have also seized a number of items for forensic examination. As well as intent to murder, he's also been charged with assault, occasioning actual bodily harm and is facing Bankstown Court today. The relationship between Owen and the patient is unclear, as is the motivation for such an attack on a vulnerable elderly man. Qantas Chief Executive Alan Joyce says he has had a constructive dialogue with the Prime Minister as calls grow for JobKeeper to be extended to help the struggling aviation sector. 15,000 staff remain stood down, 6,000 positions will be made redundant. Mr Joyce says the tough decision provides certainty. They'll get that money and they can go on and find jobs. That's a lot better than standing them down for years with no prospect of, the, of those jobs coming back. We have to be honest and the union should be thanking us for doing the right thing by the people.
Mr Joyce says that because of Qantas's position, they haven't needed to cut as many jobs as other major airlines. Meantime, in more breaking news this morning, Virgin has a new owner. American private equity group Bain Capital has now agreed to become the operator, committing to keeping as many jobs as possible and to fully fund employee entitlements. Promising signs of a slow return to normal on the Gold Coast, SeaWorld today becoming the first of the major theme parks to welcome back customers. Amanda Abate is there for us. Good morning. Yes, the gates reopened at 9.30 this morning with some significant changes. First of all, capacity has been halved here at SeaWorld, so a maximum of 6,000 people are allowed inside today. All rides are being wiped down after every use. And guests are now using an app to uh, allow contactless entry. It also means that they can book into rides using their phone and also order food and drinks via the app to avoid crowding in queues. It's an incredibly exciting day for all of us. Um, after three, what seems like very, very long, long months, we're finally, the day has finally arrived where we're reopening our parks. But to be able to reopen SeaWorld today means thousands of their team members will be back at work doing what they love best, which is welcoming tourists to the beautiful Gold Coast. Well, this is the first big test for the theme parks being the first to reopen. Also today, Currumbin Wildlife Sanctuary has reopened. And next month on the 15th of July, Movie World and Wet n Wild will reopen. But no date has been announced yet from Dreamworld. England has been enjoying a summer heatwave, but as the hot weather swept in, out went all common sense. Thousands crammed onto beaches, ignoring social distancing. There are fears it will lead to hundreds more cases of coronavirus. Hugh Whitfeld has more from London. In theory, the lockdown still exists here. In Britain, pubs and cafes are still closed, but it didn't stop people heading down to the beach on the south coast of England, flooding beaches in places like Brighton and Bournemouth. It did appear that it was very difficult to practice social distancing as the heat reached 33 degrees here in the UK. In Bournemouth, they declared a major incident to bring in extra resources to try and disperse the crowds from the beach. I think it's nice because we've been stuck in for so long. I just feel like it's something else to do. But there is a lot of people here. <laughs> Feels like Corona isn't really a thing now, but obviously it is. I'm enjoying today's really nice weather, yeah? Ganzat, Ganzat. It was a really hot day. I thought I'd take advantage of it. Coronavirus is still very real here in the UK. 149 people have died from coronavirus just in the last 24 hours. And England's chief medical officer has warned that if people don't practice social distancing, then cases will rise. Here in London, it does appear that there is a huge amount of lockdown fatigue. Police were called to break up what they've described as an unlicensed music event. What it really was was a street party that got completely out of hand. Revellers in Brixton turned on police when they tried to break up the party. 22 police officers were injured, two required hospital treatment, just four people were arrested and police here in London are warning that they will have extra patrols out and about to monitor illegal events like that while the lockdown continues. Thank you, Hugh. A day after revealing pilot error played a role in a deadly crash in Pakistan, the airline involved has grounded dozens of pilots. Alarmingly, 150 of them may not hold a valid licence. The country's aviation minister claiming they could have cheated exams. Some of them have faked their credentials. Pilots at other airlines also have fake licences. 
For the first time in three months, the Eiffel Tower is open to visitors. Hundreds lined up to get into the famous landmark, which had been closed due to the coronavirus pandemic. But it isn't completely back to normal. The highest point is still shut off and its elevators are closed, meaning the only way up are the stairs. Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.